Welcome. You've tuned into Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. It's been said that life in this world is not for the faint of heart. How true that is. We hear about the hardships some people have to face every day and wonder how on earth they even survive. By comparison, many of us might feel we're living practically a charmed life. Yet, none of us escapes the constant challenges that crop up while living in this world, and somehow we each need to learn how to navigate our way through them. One of those kinds of challenges we all run into in life, usually sooner than later, is that of running into a wall in the course of trying to accomplish something or along our way to some destination. We might initially believe that in such an experience we've run into some kind of a hindrance or an obstacle in our way to succeeding in fulfilling a purpose. We may even lose hope if we feel like we've repeatedly failed in getting past that impediment and consider giving up altogether. Or we may even think it's not meant to be. In this age of ever-increasing reliance on technology for everyday living, accelerating rates of ever-growing numbers of moving societal parts, having to work in sync to keep things running smoothly, and the widening schism of polarization amongst major groups of people with opposing beliefs, it may seem as if such deterrents along our path are constantly blocking our way. Many in the world may even believe that such blocks to successfully living a good life is deliberately being put in our way. After all, we see one group of people intentionally trying to obstruct another group of people from attaining their goals every single day in the world. So today we've decided to address an important part of the remedy for any of you seeking a different, more productive way of getting past any kind of what, at first, may seem like direct opposition to you reaching your destination or fulfilling a purpose. We'll explore the more creative alternative of transforming obstacles into opportunities. If we are here in this world, breathing and experiencing something, we say that we are living. Every day things happen and we go through a variety of experiences throughout the day. Some of the things we experience we may call normal, the usual routine. In fact, those experiences you might pretty much expect to happen, and it's only when they don't or they don't happen in the usual way are you surprised or even upset. Other things that you experience during the course of a day may be different and not part of your routine day, but they are not out of the ordinary. You might consider them normal things that could happen in the course of a day. When you have those types of experiences, they're not anything you have to pay any more 
particular attention to, and you just respond to them as you normally do. So the only experiences you might encounter in your life that may pop you out of your comfort zone are those that are not as familiar and you're not sure whether they are safe for you to go through. Such experiences initially threaten your life in some way, not necessarily your physical life, but some aspect of you living your life here. When you run into such an experience, you might feel you ran into the proverbial brick wall. The experience could be about anything. For example, if you were a professional writer, writing every day for a living, well-versed in the art and craft of writing, and suddenly one day you sit down in front of your computer screen and draw a complete blank. You can't think of what to write. Your deadline is rapidly approaching and you haven't written a single word, much less a paragraph or two. You find that you don't even know how to begin. You have, quote unquote, contracted the dreaded writer's block. And there seems to be no vaccines or surgical procedures that can help you. Or you could be an athlete, actor, singer, or some kind of performer and you choke You freeze up at the worst possible moment. I've had that happen. Or perhaps it's a more gradual process you experience of getting into some kind of a slump, a period of time when you seem to not perform well in what you're used to doing quite well. Others are depending on you, yet it seems like you can't do what you normally do easily with your eyes closed. The challenge you encounter could also be quite different than those. For you, it might be more related to your finances, and you suddenly find yourself strapped with way more bills or back taxes to pay off, right as you were told to pack up your desk at work because you got laid off or worse yet, fired. Or perhaps it's more personal, where a particular individual or even organization decided to literally block your way from what you needed to accomplish in your life. Every time you take care of one thing to resume your forward progress, they seem to deliberately put another obstacle in your way. How are you to deal with such occurrences in your life? Do you consider them to be obstacles blocking your way of attaining your goal or fulfilling a purpose of yours? Do you assume that unless you somehow overcome such a barrier to your success, you will fail in that endeavor, or worse yet, not make it in what you believed was to be your life? If you stay focused on whatever you assumed is the obstacle to your achievement or forward progress in life, it will continue to be an obstacle that limits you or even completely blocks you from getting to your destination. And that's not because it is, even when someone is deliberately and with malice and forethought trying to derail you, but because you are fighting it and trying to do something to it, with it, or about it. Whenever you do that, you are investing even more of your powerful creative energy and imagination into making it more of the obstacle you assume it is. So whenever you run headfirst into that psychic brick wall in life, stop first and give yourself a chance to regroup your awareness and energy. You can easily do that by grounding yourself from your first chakra 
to just above, that is, just above the tip of your tailbone, all the way down to the center of the earth, with roots. Then center your awareness in the center of your head, in that space of complete neutrality and stillness. Finally, you can call back all of your energy that you've left behind and people, places, and experiences into the present here and now. You'll be definitely more ready to face any current challenges that you need to deal with now. Once you're more fully present and neutral, where you can let things be the way they are, since they are already that way, then you can become aware of how you are looking at your current challenging situation. What you are looking at and how you are seeing it play major roles in determining where you will be going. Are you on the road to success or doomed to fail before you start? If you are looking at your current situation or problem as an obstacle that is in your way to happiness or success or well-being or even safety, then you will create whatever solution you may come up with to become in some way part of what blocks or limits you from success in your endeavor. If you choose to look at the situation not as an obstacle, but as an exciting challenge to take up, then at least you will proceed with more of the necessary enthusiasm and energy to succeed. Yet, above all, if you decide to see the situation before you is a wonderful opportunity for your learning and growth, you will certainly learn and grow and succeed in reaching your goal and destination. Yes, it's like when captains on the high seas are piloting their respective ships and they recognize that they are dangerous obstacles in their shipping lane, they have to navigate their crafts toward their desired destination rather than continue to stare at the obstacles they wish to avoid hitting. In similar ways, if baseball players are swinging at the pitched ball, looking at the players they wish to avoid hitting the ball to, rather than looking at where they seek to guide the trajectory of the ball, they invariably end up hitting the ball right into the glove of an awaiting defensive player. We always get to our destination by keeping our sight, especially our inner sight, on our ultimate destination rather than whatever we wish to avoid. We only need to recognize that there are things we need to go around along our path rather than crash headfirst into them. But as soon as we become aware of such occurrences, we have to restore our sight back onto our destination or goal if we hope to succeed in reaching or attaining it. If you assume or decide that some unforeseen or challenging circumstance that cropped up in your life is an obstacle and continue to look at that as an obstacle after you recognize that it's there along your path, you've shifted your sight from the destination you sought to reach onto what you now consider to be an impediment to you getting there. If you do that, 
You're now without your GPS reading, and you're piloting your ship without a rudder. After that, you might even feel like you're going around in circles and not getting any closer to your intended destination. However, if you shift your vision from continuing to see what you initially believe was some kind of an obstacle in your way to seeing it as a golden opportunity for you to learn and grow from, you not only propel yourself toward fulfilling your original purpose, but also you gain the education and tools to enable you to do so. Know that within Every seeming obstacle in your life is not only your solution to getting past it, but also the tools with which you can do so are contained in it. You just have to discover what they are. And also, notice the humor in that recognition that you can see the very same situation or condition in your life as an obstacle or an opportunity. The only thing that changes is your perception of it. It's a little like seeing the huge thousand pound block of ice blocking your passage on the road as a very hard and unforgiving obstacle and not seeing past it. Then you're stuck on that road with an immovable object blocking your passage. Yet if you restore seeing your destination beyond that block of ice, you might discover that the block of ice, as huge and immovable as it may appear at the time, is nothing more than a block of frozen water. It's not a permanent reality that is what it appeared to be to you at first. Once you realize that, you can do any of a multitude of things to melt the block of ice and easily continue along your voyage. You transform what appeared to be a solid obstacle into an opportunity to not only see it differently, but also in doing so, gain the tools and the solution to go beyond it with ease. And who knows? You may have found many immediate uses for the melted water that the huge block of ice provided. Or the block of ice could have been cut into thousands of pieces, ice cubes, (laughs) for refreshing everyone's drink along the roadside. (laughs) What's the difference between that analogy and a situation in your life in which you experience great opposition from someone who seems dead set on making sure you don't achieve your goal in some endeavor? Ever had that experience? Oh, yeah. I've had that many times. (laughs) If that person wields greater authority than you do, say, in an organizational hierarchy, they may appear to you as that thousand-pound block of solid ice (laughs) smack in the way of you getting where you'd like to get to. Yet, once you step back from any kind of battle stance against your apparent enemy, you might discover a way that the solid block of resistance and opposition to you is in the ice state and that there's a melting point of mutual benefit for both of you. Rather than trying to defeat or overcome your opponent, you might get to the truth of what you need to learn and grow from your experience. Or 
in your situation, it may be more like a bodily condition that initially appears as a total obstacle to you living your life or attaining your goal in your life. For example, if your profession or career was largely dependent on you having perfect eyesight and you suddenly discover you were going blind, or if it was dependent on your ability to use your voice to speak or sing and you discovered you no longer could do so with no remedy available, at first, it would seem as if it's bigger than a thousand block of ice blocking your path in the middle of the road. Yet once you recognize that and decide to see it not as an obstacle or opposition, but as a wonderful opportunity for you to learn and grow from, you will without fail. Well, we're coming to our first break already, and we wanted to remind you that you still have time to sign up for the first Zoom class in our new set of remote classes this Saturday, October 15th, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time. This one will help you to clean up your act by learning to do psychic energy work for detoxing your own communication space. Join us and have fun taking your next step in creating and having great communication. For all the details and to sign up, go to our October events calendar section at michaeltamora.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. Also, when you go on our website, be sure you sign up to be on our newsletter list. In just a bit, we'll return with Transforming Obstacles into Opportunities. We'll be right back. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tomorrow, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltomorrow.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Nice to have you back. We've been exploring how you can learn to transform obstacles into opportunities. It's an invaluable ability 
that you have but need to learn to use. So let's continue. Michael. Yeah, well, before the break, I was talking about, you know, various types of obstacles and and being able to look past it and keeping your sight to where your destination is, what your goal is, where what your purpose is for doing whatever it is you're doing and how you're living your life. And as I was talking about that, well, many of you who have been devoted listeners to our shows for the past, what, over four years, you've heard my voice go through quite a few different phases, I'm sure. From the very beginning, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So in November 2017, I had to undergo a surgery to replace a defective ICD wire in my chest. So I wasn't you know, pretty good shape <laughs> myself. But this ICD, which is what I've affectionately called my personal paramedic in a box that's implanted in my chest in readiness to offer me a way to kickstart my heart in the event it suddenly stops. Which, which it, it does sometimes. <laughs> which it has done uh, on multiple occasions. <laughs> and, and so, anyway... This thin wire that connects that device to the heart to monitor it stopped working. (laughs) So it had to be replaced. Well, uh, it it had less than 1% chance of failure in the lifetime of the equipment. (laughs) And you got a 1% wire. Yes. See, you're in the 1%. I know. Now (laughs) I can say I'm in the 1% group. (laughs) Anyway, but I don't have yachts and uh, private jets and all those kinds of things. Anyway, (laughs) so the, the dog decided to replace the whole thing since he'd already have to remove the wire, and that's the hard part of the operation that that I heard. And uh, so I would get a newer, more efficient model, which was fine. Anyway, well, it appears that either when the anesthesiologist intubated me for the breathing tube, since I would be under full anesthesia for the whole duration, or when the surgeon was replacing the wire, which the report said it was difficult, yeah, and they struggled with it. Something damaged one of my vocal cords, and it was paralyzed. So when I came to, after everything was all done, I had no voice at all. But everyone down the line, you know, all the doctors and everybody else, assured me that, oh, that was perfectly normal. Sometimes you wake up from the anesthesia and you don't have a voice for a day or two. But your voice will come back naturally in a couple of days. When it didn't come back after a couple of weeks, they all told me that in some people, it took a bit longer. So be patient. <laughs> this is the part where it's it's sometimes tougher to be a psychic because I'm looking at them and go, they're just lying through their teeth. It's, it's uh, nobody wants to be sued for malpractice. And I'm, I'm just going, I'm not going to sue anybody. <laughs> but they... They just, no, 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 this is perfectly normal. You know, we understand. Anyway, a couple days turned into a couple of weeks, turned into a couple of months. By the time I went for my third month or whatever checkup and voice is not there yet, I was certain 
that I was getting the runaround since no one wanted to be sued, right? I mean, that's such a huge thing. And I, I don't blame him for that because of the suit happy I do. <laughs> world we're living in, especially in the U.S. It's funny. But anyway, I became, you know, even though I had no intention of suing anybody for anything, I became kind of a medical pariah, at least in certain circles. <laughs> Nobody would touch me with a 10-foot pole. But a very long story short, I already was given the final verdict three times Amazing things happened that that brought me in contact with three of the top laryngological gurus, doctors, surgeons in the world that they all looked at my thing, you know, the uh, video and this and that and the other thing of my vocal cords. And they said, oh, yeah, it's completely that one's uh, definitely paralyzed. It's not working. It's never going to work again. <laughs> Once it's paralyzed, that's too bad. It's re- irreversible damage. And so they kept on telling me that now that it's not the the doctors who were involved. <laughs> but it's too late, according to them. And so my only option was that the the top of the top ones, the one that works on superstar singers and everybody, said, well, he could do this special kind of surgery that only he's able to do uh, in the world that's basically connecting up the paralyzed vocal cord and another part of the, you know, structure there in the throat. And since it's never going to work, you got to get the other vocal cord to do all the work. And if you do it well, if you get the surgery done well, then you're going to have a voice. And you might even sound almost kind of (laughs) normal. How much is that going to cost? Well, I don't have the right kind of insurance and everything. So it was no way that I could even afford it. So then... Two times, three times over. Yeah. <laughs> so then I just had to go, okay, thank you very much. And thank you for your, you know, expert advice. So then I knew I had to be absolutely okay whether I continued the rest of my life without a voice or I miraculously completely recovered to be, have a voice that's even better than before. Uh, what I was joking with, with uh, the doctors, uh, one of them asked me, uh, well, if, if I do the surgery on you, what would be your expectations <laughs> afterwards? And he was very serious, right? This is serious situation. And I, I, I kept my most serious face and I said, oh, he says, do, do you know what your expectation would be? I said, oh, I'm very clear about that. And he goes, oh, well, that's unusual. You know, most of my patients are, are not that clear about expectations. And I said, oh, no, I, I absolutely expect if I go through the surgery, I absolutely expect to have my five octave range operatic voice back. <laughs> and, and boy, it was really hard to keep my straight face. And and he's just like, his eyes get open, big open, and he's looking at me in horror and going, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't know this guy was a famous opera singer. 
<laughs> it's going through all those. And finally, I couldn't help hold it back anymore. I just blurted out laughing. And he says, oh, you're joking. <laughs> I said, yeah. What I really meant was, was you know, seriously, uh, the, the five octave range is, is, is a joke. I, 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 I only had a four octave range. <laughs> but, but it was, I was laughing so hard by that point. He's just going, okay, okay. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I said, you know, if I went through the surgery, I, I wouldn't really have an expectation. I, I just uh, like to have as much of the, my voice as, as possible. And he goes, well, I, I could work with that. And things like that. So they were all very, very nice to me and everything. But, but you know, there was no way I was going to jury-rig my vocal cords because then I know, oh, then I could not heal it, right? So it was a bit challenging, but I knew no true healing would happen without my full acceptance of living without putting any of my personal conditions on life. I continued to live my life as if I would never speak normally again and with the certainty that I was totally healing. Huh. It's not an either-or situation. That's one of the really important things I'd like all of you to recognize is don't live your life in either-or. That's how this world operates it's either positive or negative. It's day or night. Which is it? Yes or no, right? But that's the world. This world is a divided world. I, I talk about this a lot on our show, but it's a divided world that's made on polarities. But we're not. Our bodies are. It's part of the world. But who we are, who you are, spirit is not divided. There is no two-ness in spirit. It's just oneness. So to live here and live the miracle, ah, you have to live in that awareness that, oh, yeah, I don't have to choose this or that. Those are not my only alternatives. So with everything, to make what seems to be an obstacle, the bigger the obstacle, the more important seems to be the obstacle is having to choose either or. Either I'm going to get my voice back or I'm never going to speak again kind of a thing, right? And I knew that's not true. So I had to first accept I may never get my voice back and that's perfectly okay with me. I was even starting to study some sign language in case that's the way I needed to communicate. But at the same time, not either or, at the same time as I'm accepting it 100% that, you know, this may be the rest of my life, I had total certainty and clarity that whatever level of healing I can have, I'm having it. Huh. So I'm living both at the same time. I dispense with any judgment, resistance, or fear pictures 
that cropped up in my mind at any time about any of this. Ah, there are plenty. During the ensuing five years, I had all manners of miraculous experiences. And little by little, I start to recognize, oh, I'm regaining use of my paralyzed vocal cord. And I'm happy to say it's not been paralyzed at all for the past year or more. Every time I looked at my vocal situation, I transformed any thought I had about my condition as an obstacle or a big problem into just an opportunity for me to learn everything I could from it. You know, remember, life here on planet Earth is going to school for the soul. From day one until we leave here. And hopefully when we leave here, we're graduating. <laughs> At least we're graduating from one grade level. And so then, <laughs> and I've, I realized the more I learned, the more I healed. And the healing was far bigger than just about my vocal cord or voice. That's why I also learned over the years that I don't limit my healing to just whatever the immediate problematic condition is. No. Why not just heal, heal, period? I mean, that's what they teach you, teach you in dog obedience school. Heal, heal. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I did really well in dog obedience school. Drop it, heal, sit, stay. Well, stay, I've had to practice. <laughs> Roll over, play dead, I, I've done really well with. I've learned in my decades of helping others heal themselves that sometimes you have to heal half the universe to get to some small thing in one person's life. That's where time, patience, and perseverance accomplish all things. I want to comment a little bit more about Michael's vocal situation because that was very profound for me to watch as well. And, um, you know, all of our, a lot of our systems in place right now are kind of broken. And um, the medical system is one of them. And I have quite an issue with it when it comes to non-communication. And so during his challenge during that time, mine was, even when he came out of surgery, the doctors would not talk to me when I asked them about his voice. <laughs> they wouldn't even answer my question. And this happened before uh, when he had his major surgery on his heart to start with, when he appeared to have an incredible memory problem after he came out of surgery. Nobody would talk to me. I'd go right up to a doctor and go, this is happening. Uh, is this permanent? What's going on? And they would literally turn around and walk away. And even if I chased after them, they would just keep walking and ignore me. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this after the break. But we're at our second break already and wanted to remind you to check our website, which is Michael Tamura, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A dot com. 
for all our upcoming events, and you can get all the details for the next Zoom class in our popular remote ongoing series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think. Coming up this Saturday, October 15th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Learn to clean up your act and do psychic energy work for detoxing your own communication space. Join us and have fun taking your next step in having better communication. When we return, we'll get back to transforming obstacles into opportunities. We'll be right back. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamora.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Wonderful to have you back. We've been exploring how you can learn to transform what at first may appear to be obstacles in your life into golden opportunities for your learning, growth, and creative expression. So let's continue. So just before the break, I was talking about my own quote-unquote issues and challenges with the medical industry that I've had over the years as, as Michael has gone through his very interesting heart and all kinds of other issues. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I over the years I've, I have uh, acquired kind of a resistance to the medical industry because of not only what I've experienced myself, but what I've heard from nurses I know and so forth, uh, some kind of crazy things going on there. But my transformation and growth in all of this uh, could have been could have taken a lot of different pathways. And a lot of you, I'm sure, can relate to this. When something is wrong in a system, you you have an opportunity to either do something to change it, or, as we say, blow your pictures about it and create something different for yourself. So. I had to really look at this because this was upsetting me pretty ter- pretty strongly, in a sense, over the years. But I have my job to do on Earth, and changing the medical industry is not one of them. But I could put my prayers out for the angels to 
come in and help us out or the masters or whatnot in that area. Whereas my internal uh, experience with it had to be more on the end of getting out of resistance to quote unquote the way things are so that I could take the next step myself with really seeing healing, which is what the medical industry is supposed to be here for. What is the next step in humanity in being able to heal itself in whatever way, whether it's physically or any other way? And I've always known that human beings are capable of healing themselves uh, completely, 100% without any medical intervention. However, most of us aren't masters in it yet. So some of us, like when you break a leg, you know, not many people know how to fix a broken leg. You have to go to a hospital and get it set and get a cast and all that kind of stuff. So as we are learning, we can start to put our attention on going within and what part of this can I heal myself? And this is what I saw Michael do and it was kind of amazing because during the first couple of years, it wasn't just his vocal cord <laughs> that was the problem. He would also have a lot of trouble swallowing because our vocal cords assist in that. So sometimes he would choke and at the most unexpected times. And it was rather scary because a person can choke to death, right? So during those times when it, you know, because I started looking at Whose fault is this? You know, we all do that with our egos. I had to bring my energy back and forgive the system, forgive everything, and bring it back to what can I do to help Michael with his healing? And part of it was not uh, being angry about it and that sort of thing, because that just made it worse. So the obstacles and challenges even with someone else, is really an internal battle, in it, or it seems like it anyway. So I want to use another example, which is um, what about when you become uncomfortable or even outrightly unhappy with a job you're in, okay? So that's going on inside of you. It's not a physical problem or anything, but it's like every day you get up to go to work, you're not happy with what you have to do or the bosses you're dealing with or whatnot, and if you just ignore that, there's going to be one of several things that will happen. Well, a lot of different things can happen depending on how much resistance you're in. One can be is that if you are internally antagonistic in, in your energy about what's going on or you're not doing your job, you're likely to get fired. Or if you turn towards, well, what can I, how can I create the next step and do this right so that it won't leave the boss without the person in my position and I can replace myself and move on to something better. Those are two opposites, but there's about a thousand other things in between. But if you go closer to the end of that creativity that Michael was talking about, uh, going towards healing rather than resisting, I found that to be a really wonderful solution to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is in relationship to anything in your life that that you might run up against uh, you know and that's that's what we see as an obstacle right when we run up against something we're against something <laughs> we're hitting our wall uh, you, you know our head on a brick wall kind of a thing 
And that could be a person, that could be a situation, that could be an institution. And and Ramsey, I was talking about the medical institution. Well, there's all kinds of other major institutions that, you know, because they're uh, an established institution, it's not going to be like you call up somebody and say, hey, you know, let's let's I'll take you out to lunch and let's talk about it this and let's work something out. Well, if you're dealing with an institutional thing, <laughs> it's you know, it's going to take a little bit more than just taking somebody out to lunch and having a good talk. And maybe you can that person will become very open to you and 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 let's work things out. But it's not going to change the institution overnight. So that's one of the things. There are definitely souls whose purpose to being here, their mission in life is to be the whistleblower or or the one to precipitate major transformation in an established institution, whether it's, you know, religious or educational, medical or political or whatever the institution is. And hats off to those souls, courageous souls that that choose to do that. And like Raphael said, she said, oh, well, changing the whole medical institution wasn't my job this lifetime. (laughs) And but that doesn't mean you have to be victim to the downside of, you know, every institution has their purpose, upside and and valuable uh, service they you know, provide for a large segment of the population, but sure, there's it's not a one one size fits all solution to everything. So there's going to be a lot of unhappy people, regardless of what the institution is. It's interesting when I was in uh, the CCU cardiac uh, care unit, intensive care unit, the first time when I had my first, after I had my first heart attack and, and, you know, way back when, when I was a teenager, I was a nurse for three, three years until <laughs> I was 20 years old. And, uh, uh, so I was worked in the hospitals and I, I was in every department, uh, at least for a little while. And, um, but it was the first time I was actually a patient in one. And of course, it's very intensive, right? Intensive care and, and around the clock, uh, uh, nurses are coming in and everything. And I was so impressed at the level of ability of these nurses that were taking care of me. And so we talk about things a lot. And and every single sh- shift change, the, the new nurse will come in to introduce him or herself and uh, and these are really high-level nurses. Um, as far as I'm concerned, they could have been just doctors in, in a little village or town or someplace, easily, nurse practitioners. And so then, then uh, uh, but the funny part for me was every single one that came in, first thing, after they introduced themselves and checking out, you know, how's my blood pressure and everything like that, and, and they go, they're a little hesitant and says, how did you choose this this cardiologist that's uh, in charge of you? And I said, oh, I, I still haven't met him at that point. The luck of the draw. <laughs> and I said, you know, the hospital, somebody chose him for me, and I, I, I don't even know him. And they go, oh. 
And I said, why, why do you ask? And the, each of the three nurses on their own independently said, well, because I've worked with Dr. So-and-so, you know, for quite a long time. And, and he's a very, very fine cardiologist, but he's about the most straight, straight-laced, conservative, uh, allopathic, full-on allopathic uh, doctor I've ever worked with. And, and, and uh, I said, okay. And then the nurse, each of them would say, uh, uh, well, I looked you up on the, uh, on the websites. <laughs> By the way, if you ever go into a hospital <laughs> to stay for a night or two, they're going to do that. Yeah, everybody looks you up on the <laughs> internet now. <laughs> and so uh, you're a spiritual teacher and, and a healer. And says, I've, I've dealt with, you know, quite a few healers and uh, non-medical healers and and um, uh, spiritual uh, people and, and especially metaphysical people and they all can't stand doctors and allopathic especially, uh, especially allopathic and, and they, they don't want to do anything allopathic but here you are with the most allopathic of any doctors I've ever known and I, I laughed. I says, well, of course, wouldn't that be the case? And they go, uh, I don't understand. And I said, well, because all my friends are, you know, spiritual healers and psychics and metaphysical people and everything. And so I, I got plenty of help on that level. But none of them are able to do surgery. None of them are able to prescribe medication or, you know, Take care of the physical body. It's it's like a, a car mechanic, right? If you got a really you know important car, valuable car, and it's not working well, you take it to a, a top notch car mechanic who does the body work, who does the engine work. They know which wires go where and which tubes go where, and and what kind of you know fuel to put into it, and blah blah blah. Oh, oh, and I said, I don't do that. In fact, I don't know a whole lot about it <laughs> other than what I learned in nursing school. So then they go, oh, never thought of it that way. I said, when you need healing, you need all the help you can get. I'm not going to be picky and choosy saying, oh, it's against my principles to have your help because you're of a different color or your different religion or your different uh, medical orientation or, or whatever it is. And they each one just, it's like, oh, never thought of that. And I said, wouldn't you? You know, if you, if you were in trouble, you wouldn't be, you know, picky uni about who's going to be able to give you the best help possible. And I said, because I know it's up to me to make use of whatever help this allopathic doctor can give me that's going to help me take my next step in my healing, overall healing. I don't expect this person to cure me or anything like that. I'm just here to get some help to get me to the next step. And they said, oh, that, that, that works. And I said, yeah, it's always worked for me. I never discount somebody because I don't live the same way they do. You know, we're all here to learn, and everybody makes mistakes. So this is this is kind of 
part of the process of learning to, you know, you don't just roll over and play dead and let people walk all over you. Neither do you just pick up a gun and shoot them just because they don't agree with you. You just have to orchestrate. You have to be the orchestral conductor and and go, okay, here's the instruments and the players I'm working with. And how do I, it's up to me to put it together so it works for me, for what I need to work with them for. Ah, then everything starts to happen on a different institutional level, but also personal, individual. I was in um, Germany on a tour teaching. And one time uh, I was getting ready to, you know, looking at the site and where I'm supposed to teach the next weekend, the the weekend uh, following that Friday. And so people, volunteers and and the hosts and everybody's setting up the place. And oh, it was a really beautiful place. It was a a Catholic, um, uh, some, not the church itself, but the, the, Rectory. Rectory kind of a place where I was, they rented for for the weekend to do the, uh, so I can do my seminar. And uh, so they were setting it up and very happy people and cheerful and everything. And so I say hello to them and I had to go to the restroom. So I pop into the men's room and I'm sitting in there and the, I hear I first sensed the energy change suddenly from this very cheerful, uplifting kind of a level to thunk. And then I hear this very angry male voice and all the right people, outside. yeah, all the people that I saw there uh, working were all women. But all of a sudden this male voice comes in very authoritarian and demanding. And then, uh, you know, blah, 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 and all speaking in German, so I, I don't understand what he's saying, but I can tell <laughs> he's not a happy camper. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, this is the priest. And he's unhappy about something, and he's just going, trying to tear them apart. And, and it looked like he's threatening to close the whole thing down. And so, so I just went into meditation and prayer, and I went up into spirit, and and I said hello to the priest in spirit, and uh, because I knew he wasn't he wasn't going to be able to uh, face me physically in person. So in spirit, I talked to him on a higher spirit level, and showed them, and and I asked for Jesus in spirit, and he just showed right up uh, next to us, and I said, oh. To the priest, I says, "You must know this this person," <laughs> and he was like, "Oh my god!" And I said, "We're on the same team here. We have to work together." And this priest, this a spirit, just said, "Yes, okay, got it." And everything calmed down. So by the time I got out of the bathroom and went out and I asked the women what happened, they told me the whole story. Yep, he was irate because he saw a poster with me on it saying, I'm going to give a metaphysical lecture in his church rectory. And uh, nobody told him that. So he just, they said he stormed out. 
The next morning, he came back, all smiles, with a box of uh, uh, nice pastries, German pastries, for all the women. And he said, have a wonderful weekend and have a great lecture. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty amazing. And a a miracle, because that could really have turned into a disaster. Yeah, it could have been a battle. So, you know, one of the things that's very important is using your intuition and spiritual tools when the going gets tough. And your imagination. And your imagination. Be creative. Yes. What is possible? Well, we're at the end of our show for today. Thank you for joining us. We always enjoy spending time with you. Be sure to join us again next Wednesday for Need a Second Opinion? Ask Your Spirit Guide. We'll explore why you have spirit guides, how they become indispensable when you aren't sure about something important along your path, and how you can communicate with them more. Tune in and learn to make better use of all the spiritual guidance available to you. Remember, too, to sign up for our remote Zoom class, Clean Up Your Act, Energy Work for Detoxing Your Own Communication, Coming up this Saturday, October 15th, as part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. For all the details and to sign up, check our website events calendar for October 2022 or call our office at 530-926-2650. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.